0: Christian Questions.
1: Harry Ironside once said, We would worry less if we praised more. Thanksgiving is the enemy of discontent and dissatisfaction. Good morning everyone and welcome to Christian Questions. Talk radio with a purpose with Jonathan and Rick. This isn't your typical Christian commentary. We love talking with our audience and we promise to never talk at you like so many talk shows do today. This is a conversation about biblical topics as we look at them from a different perspective.
2: And Rick, that perspective is based on godly principles, family values, honest dialogue, all in a politically free zone. Jonathan, the best part is this. We talk and you listen and then you talk and we listen. You can also
1: contact us at our website, christianquestions.com. I'm Rick. And I'm Jonathan. And folks, we are glad that you have chosen to spend some time with us on this fine Sunday morning. And Jonathan, what's the topic for today?
2: Well, Rick, our question is, is your life a thankful life? And our theme text is found in Psalms 118, verse 24. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it.
1: And Jonathan, we are Theming our program today based on the fact that Thursday was Thanksgiving. Yes, it was. And we have lots to be thankful for. And one of the things we have to be thankful for today is we have a new affiliate, WIXC 1060 AM in Orlando, Florida. Welcome, folks. We love having you aboard with us this Sunday morning. It's great having you. 7 to 8 in Orlando. We're actually on 7 to 9 in some other areas. And if you want to catch the second hour, you go to click the Listen Live button at ChristianQuestions.com. W-I-X-C, 1060 AM, Orlando, Florida. Welcome to our program. We're talking about the Thanksgiving holiday. It is a most misunderstood and misapplied American tradition. now you go, what? (laughs) We all love the day off, the gathering of family and friends, the abundant food, and the design of the day for leisure. But what was it originally? What was the reason for the original feast back in 1621? And what was the intention of the United States government in maintaining the November celebration? Folks, stay with us as we look into some history, some scriptures, some music, and even some humor as we focus on Thanksgiving. Is it just a holiday, or is it a way of life? A way of life. And I Mm. think, Jonathan, that needs to be the underlying theme this morning. Thanksgiving, it's a way of life, turkey. (laughs) 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 <laughs> so let, let's actually get started uh, with where we are now, living in a land of plenty where the whole idea of need has been dramatically redefined to much more fit an ancient definition of want. And I think that's, that's the first step. Where have we gone wrong? Well, that's it. We determine, we think our wants are actually what our needs are. You're right. And we're going to go to a, just a, a, a funny little um, uh, skit by the skit guys. Uh, Jonathan, these guys are awesome. You, you can find them on theskitguys.com. Uh, I bought some of their videos. They are just terrific in, in helping to just make things understood by the way they banter back and forth. And uh, this is your Thanksgiving inventory, just the first minute of their little conversation about Thanksgiving.
3: Have you ever stopped to take an inventory of your blessings, you know, the things you should be thankful for? Oh, yeah, like Eskimo pies. <laughs> I'm so thankful for them.
4: I mean, their ice cream and cookie put together... I- Thank you, Eskimo pie people. That's not what I'm really getting at. Oh, you mean serious stuff. (laughs) Like zippers. I mean, where would
3: we be without them? They let us in and out of our clothes. Up and down. (laughs) Thank you. What I want the people to do out there is just to kind of take a pause in their busy schedules and add up all the blessings no matter what circumstance they are going through. Oh, circumstances. Yeah. Yeah, like the
4: other day, my zipper was stuck. I couldn't get out. I was freaking out, right? You know? And then I thought, what if I was
3: a spaceman? What do spacemen do when their zipper gets stuck? And then, I was thankful I wasn't a spaceman. The lights are flashing, the gate is down, but the train ain't coming, huh? Yes! No, no,
4: no, I don't, I don't know. I didn't have trains when I was a kid. I
5: was more of a monkey bar guy, and
4: I, I love monkey bars. I'm thankful for them. Thank
1: you, monkey bar people. Alrighty then. (laughs) Well, and and, and what it does is it it puts it in perspective. How you know when we talk about thankfulness, what do we go to Eskimo pies and monkey bars? Where is our head when it comes to being absolutely thankful? And Thanksgiving is is a national holiday that's set aside for the purpose of Thanksgiving. So what are we thankful for? Well, you know, and, and before we get into some history, Jonathan, we're going to get deep into history this morning, folks, because it is fascinating to see how Thanksgiving came to be, who it was who set it up, and why they set it up. There's some really, really cool things. So I just want to read you a, a, a quote about Black Friday, which is the day after Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. Thursday, and it says, Black Friday, because only in America people trample others for sales exactly one day after being thankful for what they already have.
2: <laughs> wow. How true that is.
1: So the whole point here, folks, is Thanksgiving. What is it? Where does it come from? Let's look at some history, Jonathan. We're going to spend some time on this because it's a fascinating history of, of various aspects of Christianity, bottom line. This is from uh, rootsweb.ancestry.com. And we'll have these notes uh, in full in uh, uh, the CQ Rewind, the full edition. So you can sign up for that at ChristianQuestions.com, CQ Rewind, the full edition. So Jonathan, let's get started. We're going to take some excerpts from this particular article. The Pilgrim's
2: story is an adventure that has become the best-known part of the American Dutch heritage. The Pilgrims, fleeing from religious persecution in England, found refuge in Leiden in the Netherlands before they immigrated in 1620 on the Mayflower to America, where they established Plymouth Colony, the first sustained English settlement in New England. The stirring story of their migration, their years of exile in Holland, and the early years of their colony is told by Governor William Bradford in his memoirs of Plymouth Plantation, which many consider the first monument of American literature, the well-known Mayflower Compact Drawn up by the pilgrims on board ship to serve as the basis of their future legal and social organization is an early example of a social contract. It was heralded by John Quincy Adams as a forerunner of ideas developed in the Constitution of the United States of America.
1: So what you have is a little bit of history that we're going to begin to to expand on and develop. These pilgrims, and everybody knows the pilgrims came to America. Right. And they landed at Plymouth Rock. Everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing, though. These pilgrims were, were uh, r- religious separatists. They actually fled to the Netherlands, um, and from the Netherlands ended up co- going back to Britain to get the ships to come to America and all that. But th- what they were doing is they were in search of religious freedom. Now, this is in the late 1500s that you have uh, a, a a lot of religious upheaval going on. And we're going to s- develop that as we go through the, the next couple of paragraphs of this reading. Let's go to the next one. The pilgrims were Calvinists
2: dissenters from the state church of England, the Anglican Church, known as separatists. They withdrew from the church, which they believed was tainted by continuation of tradition but non-biblical ceremonies. In this, the pilgrims differed from other Calvinists who remained in the Church of England to purify it, who were known as Puritans. The idea of separation from the state church was launched in England by Reverend Robert Brown of Corpus Christi College, Cambridge. Later, separists were called Brownists by their opponents as seen in Leiden's refusal to extradite the pilgrims past John Robertson in sixteen oh nine.
1: Okay, so what happens is these pilgrims were actually Calvinist dissenters. They were dissenters from the state church, which was the Church of England, known as the Anglican Church. They were separatists because they believed that the Church of England was 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 was, was carrying forward traditions that were not biblical. Okay. And they were saying, well, hey, look, we shouldn't be doing all these other things. And look, folks, I don't know what denomination you are while you're listening. We're going to be talking about a lot of different branches of Christianity, and we're, we're just going to try to, to establish it factually. And right. say, okay, here, here's what these believe, and here, here's, here's where the problems rose, and here's what was going on in history at the same time. And we, we just want to paint a picture of how did we get to pilgrims and eating turkey on the fourth Sunday of November? How did we get there? Okay, what was it? What were the ingredients that brought us there? So you have these separatists that withdrew because they wanted to be separate. You had other Calvinist dissenters that decided to stay within the Church of England to try to purify it from within. Puritans. Right. And so when you hear that phrase, Puritans, you know that that's where it comes from versus those who, who said, no, we can't do this. We need to walk away and do something different. So, you know, when you, you can, we can start a debate as to, well, who was right? That's not the issue. The issue was it was a clamoring for the, the the right to worship God the way they thought they should, according to the way they understood Scripture to to guide them. And, and, and let's read this next paragraph before we get into a little bit more history. Brown had preached anti-establishment
2: sermons as early as 1578, and soon he and his followers fled to Middleburg in the, the Netherlands in 1582 under the influence of Dutch Mennonites, whose congregations had already existed separately before the Dutch Reformed Church became dominant. Brown published two tracts arguing for separation and for congregations with freely uh, entered mutual covenants allowing all members to select the pastors and lay leaders democratically in 1593. Reverend John Penry, a friend of William Brewster's, was executed for publishing anti-Anglican pamphlets. Separatists who refused to conform with the state church were threatened with banishment, while at the same time leaving the country peacefully was
1: prohibited. So you have some executions happening by the t- the church, the state church, because there were these 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 things being published saying, "Hey, look, you know, you should be able to do things a different way."
2: Elect your pastors from within the congregation, and,
1: and there's something about having a state church that takes Christianity out of where it really needs to be. You know, I, t- I told you I was going to take sides, but you know yeah. that that's going way too far, Con- too much control, right? Because that's not what Christianity is about especially when you're when you're saying okay you're prohibited to leave and if you if you if you cross us you can be executed that, that, yeah. that is as, as, as opposite from the, the, the principles of christianity as you can get absolutely so you had a big major major issue going on here at the same time Jonathan what also was happening was this was the time when the king james version of the bible was was being worked on now uh, the Church of England was behind that, right? Is that absolutely. Right? There were okay. 47 translators working on it. It was published in 1611. So at this very time is when that big movement is happening to to expand Christianity in that way. Let's go to th- that's our history for this this segment. Let's go to a a soundbite uh, from Johnny Cash. This is I thank you, and it's a story, and it helps to put the idea of Thanksgiving in perspective. Mm-hmm.
5: On Thanksgiving Day, a family sat down to have their meal. There was very little on the table, a few things from the field. No turkey, fancy dressing, some bread and a little beans. For the crops had been a failure, and the times were pretty lean. The father bowed his head. It was their habit to say grace and a calmness came over his lined and wrinkled face. Dear Lord, he said, we thank you for the sun was warm today. And we thank you for the singing of the birds and the laughing of the children as they play. And thank you for that neighbor of mine that fixed my plow. Thank you for that old plow horse sure could use a cow
1: so it gives you a sense of a whole different brand of thankfulness and the the idea behind that Jonathan is when things aren't going well there is this great thankfulness yes and that helps us to understand really the core value of what Thanksgiving really is. And that showed the difference between the needs and the wants yeah, that you were talking about earlier. Absolutely. So let's put the concept of Thanksgiving in perspective with of the other most important things in life. And folks, listen, if you have a thought, we'd love to hear from you in terms of your own thankfulness. 866-985-4255. Total free, 866- 985 for all. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. And our
2: website, ChristianQuestions.com.
1: First Thessalonians
2: Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit, despise not prophesyings, prove all things, hold fast that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil. That puts thanksgiving in perspective. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that called you, who also will do it. Brethren, pray for us.
1: So when we put Thanksgiving in perspective, we can reap the priceless benefits of faith and sanctification.
2: This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, Is Your Life a Thankful Life? Coming up, the Mayflower and the Speedwell. Were there two ships? Really? A rocky start. How they persevered. That's next.
0: You're listening to Christian Questions
2: Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, Is Your Life a Thankful Life? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And our website, christianquestions.com.
1: And Jonathan, once again, we want to welcome in our new audience at WIXC 1060 AM in Orlando, Florida. Folks, we are glad that you are joining us. We'd love to hear from you, particularly about what you might be thankful for at this time of Thanksgiving. And again, our number is 866 985 Jonathan, let's continue with our Thanksgiving theme before we get back to history, which I think is utterly fascinating. Let's take a look at Psalm 86. We're going to go through Psalm 86, 1 through 12 in this segment, uh, a few verses at a time, because Thanksgiving to God begins with our acknowledgement of His greatness and our tininess. I don't think that's a word, but I just made it up.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am afflicted and needy. Preserve my soul, for I am a godly man. O you, my God, save your servant who trusts in you. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for to you I cry all day long. Make glad the soul of your servant, for to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul.
1: So there's a definite sense of having a lack, and God fills that lack.
2: Absolutely.
1: And that's where thankfulness really, really can begin. I mean, true, deep thankfulness to God begins with the fact that we can't, he can. That's it. Humility is so important. Humility is the basis for real, true thankfulness. As a matter of fact, you know, if you don't have humility, I don't know that you can even be thankful in any any circumstance. Uh, That's a good point. That's kind of an interesting thing. I'll have to think about that a little bit more. But I think that without humility, thankfulness is not even possible. True thankfulness. I mean, you can, you can speak the words, but do you mean the words? You know, you can, good, you, good. You can, you can eat turkey for Thanksgiving, or you can lead, lead a thankful life. Now, you can do both, <laughs> but <laughs> the, the trick is, how do we get it so we lead a thankful life? Let's continue with a little bit more history, Jonathan. this, we're going to do some reading from pilgrimhall.org, another website that's got some basic history on the voyage of the Mayflower and the Speedwell. Now, everybody knows about the Mayflower. That's right. What is this about the Speedwell? The
2: Leiden separatists bought a small ship, the Speedwell, in Holland. They embarked for defelshire on July twenty second sixteen twenty. They sailed to Southampton, England, to meet the Mayflower, which had been chartered by their
1: English investors there. Other separatists and additional colonists join them. All right, so you have the Speedwell starts out in Holland. Uh, Folks, bet you didn't know that. On August 15th, the Mayflower and uh, Speedwell set sail for America. The Speedwell leaked so badly that both ships turned back to England, putting in first at Dartmouth and then at Plymouth. Finally, on September 16th, 1620, the Mayflower set sail alone for America. So the there were supposed to be two ships... It, it was a leaky vessel. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a leaky vessel that caused. So what you had then is you had everybody cram into one ship that oh, was supposed to be on two. Man. So that's the first great hardship, even before they start out.
2: And the Mayflower was a sizable cargo ship around 100 feet in length. She had served many years in the wine trade with a crowding of 102 passengers plus crew. Each family was allotted very little space. That's amazing. Oh, that
1: 102 is. passengers plus crew, and that's twice as many passengers, you got to think,
2: as should have been on there. Oh, that's tough. All right, why don't you
1: finish that reading up.
2: The 66-day voyage was frequently stormy. At one point, a main beam cracked and had to be replaced using a large iron screw. When the passengers sighted Cape Cod, they realized they had failed to reach Virginia, where they had permission to settle. The season was late, however, and
1: supplies of food and water were low. They could go
2: no further.
1: So they knew they were off course. They were way farther north than they were supposed to. They were supposed to be going to Virginia. They ended up at Cape Cod. They knew they were off, but it was too late. They got got off to a late start because of the the ship problems. They were stuck where they landed, right? And they had just the one ship. So things were not going well on this whole thing. Uh, and, and it gives you a sense of the difficulty surrounding the arrival of the pilgrims uh, to Cape Cod, which was... Uh, Th-
2: no. Think of the winners at Cape Cod versus Virginia.
1: Well, and that's the point. That's the the real point, And that's where this whole idea for Thanksgiving really becomes something very, very important. Folks, if you have a thought, we'd love to hear from you in terms of thankfulness and what thankfulness means to you and something very specific you might be thankful for. It's eight six six nine eight five. 4255 toll free, 866 985 all We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. Christian Questions,
2: a weekly habit that's good for you. Thanks for tuning us in every Sunday morning from 7 to 9. Join our conversation any day and time at ChristianQuestions.com.
1: So we're going to drop history for a moment here and and just leave the Mayflower Landing uh, at what they now call Plymouth Rock. And the reason they called it Plymouth Rock is because they set sail from Plymouth, and they arrived, and so they they just dubbed it Plymouth Rock. It's like, okay, well, you know, we just went around the corner. <laughs> Not really. Sixty six days over the Atlantic Ocean, yeah. tough thing in an overcrowded ship. Let, let's go back to Psalm eighty six. Uh, we read verses one through four. Let's read verses five through eight. And remember, Thanksgiving begins with our acknowledgement of God's greatness and our tininess. And it continues. Once we have that, once we acknowledge how small and insignificant we are, then Thanksgiving will continue in faith and praise. For you, Lord,
2: are good and ready to forgive and abundant in loving kindness to all who call upon you. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer and give heed to the voice of my supplications. In the day of my trouble I shall call upon you, for you will answer me. There is no one like you among the gods. O Lord, nor are there any works like yours.
1: The interesting thing about this particular psalm, Jonathan, is it says, there's no one like you among the gods. And you think, well, wait a minute. God is the only God. Why do they say that?
2: Well, it's the false gods, the made-up gods
1: of of humankind. Right. And what he's saying is, um, you are the God the creator, the God that can actually answer prayer, because all of these other things are creations of humankind. Yes. And so there is none like you amongst all of the imaginations of man.
2: That's a great way
1: of putting it. And and, and that's where our praise and thanksgiving to God really ought to get into high gear when we realize that truth and say, okay, let's focus on that. I mean, we have to have Thanksgiving, something that we plan on that becomes intentional in our thinking. Let's go to another soundbite. This is from DickRausher.com, and this is actually about intentional gratitude. This is some of the science of gratitude, and this is really fascinating.
4: When we intentionally focus our attention on gratitude, science is showing us that what we're literally doing is we're in the process of rewiring our brain to more easily take in gratitude. In other words, the more we see gratitude, the more we pay attention to the happy things and the things that we're grateful for, the more our brain actually begins to see it, to look for it. In other words, it becomes more velcro if you will.
1: See, I could say our tininess, and he can say more velcro <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> but it's interesting, because he says that when you intentionally focus on gratitude, it begins a process of actually re- rewiring the way your brain thinks.
2: That is cool.
1: And, and And that shows you that gratitude oftentimes is not natural.
2: But it is contagious. Right. And
1: it can be learned. Gratitude can be learned and become part of you. It can become natural if you train yourself to be gratitude oriented. So I think, you know, we're looking at some history, looking at some scripture, and now we're looking at some science because the whole point is live a life. Of gratitude and thankfulness. And again, folks, our number is eight six six nine eight five four two five five. Toll free eight six six nine eight five four. All we're live Sunday mornings from seven to nine, and that means we're on right now. And CQ Rewind, the full edition uh,
2: would be a great to sign up for for this program at christianquestions.com
1: it's a PDF uh, uh, attachment you're going to get an email you sign up for it you get an email each week and it s- summarizes the program gives you all of the quotes It'll all of the the out all
2: this history it's amazing
1: give you graphics uh, the rewind from last week Jonathan was so cool it's unbelievable so you just and if you sign up now you can get all of the previous rewinds so you can take a look and how much is it Rick? it's free it's a free service Jonathan we do it as a free service because freely we have received Freely give. That's the way we want it to be. Let's go back so Seeker Rewind, the full edition at ChristianQuestions dot com Pilgrims the pilgrim safe arrival at Cape Cod aboard the Mayflower and this is the challenge, folks, because this was written in old English spelling, so to read it just to read it is a problem, but we're gonna we're gonna plow through this. Being thus
2: arrived in a good harbor and brought safe to land, they fell upon their knees and blessed ye God of heaven, who had brought them. Over ye vast and furious ocean, and deliver them for all ye perils and miseries thereof, again to set their feet on ye firm and stable earth, their proper element.
1: So, and this is written by William Bradford, uh, who was the governor of the Plymouth plantation. Um, we'll continue, we'll skip a little bit. But here I cannot but stay and make a pause, and stand half amassed at this poor people's present condition. And so I think will the reader too, when he considered ye the same. Being thus passed ye vast ocean and a sea of troubles before in their preparation, as may be remembered by it which went before, they had now no friends to welcome them, nor inns to entertain or refresh their weather-beaten bodies, no houses or much less towns to repair to, to seek for succor. Basically he's saying they arrive... The the conditions are bad, and they've got no place to go. And literally, that's the case. Yes. They had no place to go.
2: What could not sustain them but ye spirit of God and his grace? May not and ought not the children of these fathers rightly say, Our fathers were Englishmen which came over this great ocean and were ready to perish in this wilderness. But they cried unto ye, Lord, and he heard their voice, and looked on their adversity.
1: And again, written by William Bradford of the Plymouth Plantation. And you can see the godliness in the people. You really could. They cried unto the Lord, and he says, and the Lord heard their cry. They were focused on gratitude because, Jonathan, they were fleeing for the right to be able to worship God freely yes, without some church dictating how they had to do it. And this is where they ended up. And yet they cried unto the Lord, and God heard their cry. They were in great adversity. Let's go back to the, um, to the uh, uh, Dickrusher.com, a little bit more on the science of gratitude before we go back to the psalm. And again, folks, we're focusing on thanksgiving and gratitude and how to live a life of thankfulness. And one of the ways we can do it is not only to look at scriptures, but we look at history and understand where thanksgiving came from. Because
4: of the way our brain is hardwired, We pay attention and we take in the bad almost immediately. But we need an estimated 20 to 30 times as long to take in and digest, in other words, to breathe in the good. And that's, of course, assuming we even see it. So when you first begin working with gratitude, you have to slow down. You have to breathe it in. You have to let it get into your into your consciousness, the more time you can take to breathe that in and really pay attention to it, the more that you're going to be rewiring your brain.
1: That's fascinating. That is. And, and it's so true in all aspects of life. When somebody says something bad to you, it cuts right to you. It does. When somebody says something good to you, you've got to hear about 17 or 20 or 25 or 40 of those before it, it starts to sink in. And, and, and same thing with gratitude. Gratitude is not natural. We'll take in the bad, but we have to hear it 20 to 30 times more. Therefore, we have to repeat it to ourselves.
2: And rewire our brains.
1: Right. So we have to force the issue of gratitude into a place of habit in our minds. And the only way to force it in is to focus on it. And the only way to focus on it is to intentionally choose gratitude. That's the way to do it. Intentionally choose gratitude. And how do you do that? You decide to be grateful. And the pilgrims were a great example of that. Oh, they were. And, you know, Jonathan, that's one of the reasons why the scriptures teach us to meditate. Because when you meditate upon God, what you're doing is you're taking time away, you're backing away from all of the stuff in your life, and you're just putting God in your mind. And that is a cause for gratitude. So that scriptures actually, without telling us, are teaching us to rewire our brains by meditation and prayer. Excellent. Those are, those Excellent. are great tools for gratitude. So let's go back to Psalm 86, uh, 1 through 12. We'll read verses 9 through 12. Gratitude now marvels at the magnitude of God's plan for all as well as his attention to the one lowly soul that is giving him gratitude. Psalm 86, 9 through 12.
2: All nations whom you have made Shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and they shall glorify your name. For you are great and do wondrous deeds. You alone are God. Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I will give thanks to you, O Lord,
1: my God, with all my heart. And we'll glorify your name forever. See, there's a great phrase in there. Unite my heart to fear or to respect or to reverence your name. Unite my heart. In other words, my heart goes different directions. It needs to be united in praise and thanksgiving to you, the God of all things.
2: This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, Is Your Life a Thankful Life? Coming up, the first governmental thanksgiving proclamation. The year... Sixteen twenty one. Who was given the credit? That's next.
0: You're listening to Christian Questions. <laughs>
2: Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, Is Your Life a Thankful Life? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.com.
1: And Jonathan, we are talking about uh, Thanksgiving and where it comes from and what it's based on, and what it's based on, Jonathan, is not what people celebrate now, uh, not even what people admit now, and that's unfortunate. That is because Thanksgiving, originally in America, back in 1621 when it all started, was based on thanking God. That was it. That was that was the key factor in everything
2: they saw his providential overrulings
1: in their lives right right and they wanted to be acknowledging that and and we get this information by looking at the little bit of history that's written and as a matter of fact and this is from pilgrimhall.org jonathan there are only two sources for the events of the autumn of 1621 in Plymouth. There are only two, Edward Winslow's writing in Mort's Relation and William Bradford's writing on, in of Plymouth Plantation, of which we've already started reading. But from Edward Winslow in Mort's Relation, we're going to just take a, a paragraph out of that and we put it in modern spelling to make it easier to read. It's really fascinating to see the old English spelling. But this is in modern spelling. Our harvest being gotten in, our governor sent four
2: men on fouling, so that we might have a special manner rejoicing together. After we had gathered the fruits of our labors, they four, in one day killed as much fowl as with a little help besides, served the company almost a week, at which time, amongst other recreations, we exercised our arms, many of the Indians coming amongst us, and amongst the rest of their greatest king, Massasoit, with nearly ninety men, whom for three days we entertained and feasted, and they went out and killed five deer, which they brought to the plantation and bestowed on our governor and upon the captain and others. And although it been not always so plentiful as it was at this time with us, yet by the goodness of God, we are so far from want that we often wish you partakers of our plenty.
1: So it talks about some of the factual background behind the very first Thanksgiving feast. And it says, by the goodness of ourselves, by the goodness of the Indians, no, by the goodness of God, there's a very direct link there. And and just just a side note, historically, because people get so bent out of shape when they say, well, you can't be mentioning God in terms of of government because then you're mixing church and state. And that is as far from true as you can get. These people fled a church-state union. They did indeed. And they were looking to be able to worship God publicly and freely and personally. That's all. It's There's nothing wrong with putting God in the public square because that's where this country came from. So let's understand that God is worthy of universal thanks. Psalm 107, 21 and 22.
2: Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men and let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing
1: so oh that men would praise the lord for his goodness and his wonderful works now look the world is not a perfect place but god's got a plan and we're all part of it that's worthy of praising him
2: well rick let's go to the phones we have julius from connecticut good morning julius and welcome to christian questions
3: gentlemen good morning happy good. thanksgiving to you to you too brother thank you uh, i'd like to welcome your orlando station yes yeah, great. You know, uh, last night I was anticipating your topic. As is um, My guess would be that tomorrow they're going to talk about Thanksgiving.
1: Yeah, we're easy to figure out.
3: Pretty pretty <laughs> clever thinking, huh? Yeah, yeah, really clever. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, I'm thankful for your program. And uh, the pioneers that you were talking about, I think we owe them a lot, too. Their bravery to uh, uh, set up shop as they did and uh, they endured uh, much persecution. I'm grateful to them, uh, your uh, your program it, I enjoy it because it complements it complements my own Bible study. Uh, you know, I agree with you, and I think uh, this should be uh, shouted from the rooftops. We need to go back to God. Yeah, our jails are bursting at the seams because. Society, in general, have forgotten God. Uh, and then uh, going to uh, scripture, one of my favorite scriptures, uh, which, uh, in essence, it says, uh, well, one one version I give it to it, a thankful heart is a generous heart. And uh, 2 Corinthians uh, 9, 7 mentions that God loves a cheerful giver. You see, there is no. You cannot. We cannot go away from God. And finally, uh, there's an interesting uh, saying by the Dalai Lama. You know, the uh, uh, former Tibetan leader. I believe he he was at mm-hmm. one time. Interesting quote by him. You probably heard it before. If you cannot do good, do no harm. God bless. Thank you. Thank you,
2: Joyce. Appreciate your
1: call. Good
3: day.
1: Bye-bye. Bye-bye. God loves a cheerful giver. What a great scripture. Second Corinthians nine seven. Thanks, Julius. We appreciate it. <coughs> so, Jonathan, now, as we continue, remember there were 102 people on that, on that Mayflower? That's right. And there were 53 pilgrims at the first Thanksgiving. Oh, my. So that means almost half of them died through that cold, hard winter unbelievable and of those 53 pilgrims how was it broken out well four
2: there were four married women there were five adolescent girls there were nine adolescent boys 13 young children and 22 men
1: that's the way it broke down so you had a very scant group a very small group when you consider almost half of them died and again thankfulness is the key and you think about losing I mean you're you're crammed into this boat for 66 days. And you lose almost half of your, your people. How depressing should that be? But how thankful they were. Exactly. And that's wow. why thankfulness and gratitude to God is so important. Folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255. Toll free, 866 985 all We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now.
2: And we want to hear what you have to say about today's topic. Post your comments on our Facebook page and our blog. Go to ChristianQuestions.com.
1: Jonathan, one of the things about gratitude is we need to realize that God doesn't need our stuff or our lip service. He wants our sincerity. As we mentioned earlier, sincerity is founded in humility. Psalm fifty seven to 14
2: Hear, O my people, and I will speak. O Israel, I will testify against you. I am God, your God. Not for your sacrifices do I rebuke you. Your burnt offerings are continually before me. I will not accept a bull from your house or goats from your folds. For every wild animal of the forest is mine. The cattle on a thousand hills, I know all the birds of the air, and all that moves in the field is mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world and all that is in it is mine. Do I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High.
1: God is saying, I don't need you to give me your things and your sacrifices. I need your heart. And why does God need our heart? Because that's where we can begin to blossom as individuals. Once we give our heart in gratitude to God, our life changes for the better. It does. So God is saying, I need your heart, not because he needs it, but because we need to give it. Because living a life of gratitude makes life so much easier to bear. And and Jonathan, in in that light, we want to go to a song by Laura Story. The song is called Blessings. We're going to just play the first verse at this point. We'll play more of it in the second hour. But uh, this is a song about the difficulties of life and asking the question, what if, what if these difficulties are bringing you to something so much bigger and so much greater than you could ever imagine? So this is a song, first verse, Laura Story. Blessings.
6: We pray for blessings, we pray for peace, comfort for family. Protection while we sleep. We pray for healing, for prosperity. We pray for your mighty hand to ease our suffering. And all the while you hear each spoken me. Yet love is way too much To give us lesser things Cause what if your blessings Come through raindrops What if your healing comes through tears What if a thousand sleepless nights Are what it takes to know you're near What if trials of this life your mercies in
1: disguise. So that gives us a sense. What if the trials of this life are your mercies in disguise? And that helps us to to grasp this. Now, Jonathan, just real quickly, because we're almost out of time for the first hour. And folks, if we're not on in your area for the next hour, go to ChristianQuestions.com and click Listen Live, and uh, hopefully you'll be able to join us there. This is written by William Bradford, year 1623. Three years after the Pilgrim landed, here was his proclamation as governor.
2: Inasmuch as the Great Father has given us this year of abundant harvest of Indian corn, wheat, peas, Beans, squashes, and garden vegetables, and has made the forest to abound with game and the sea with fish and clams, and inasmuch he has protected us from the ravenished and savages, has spared us from pestilence and disease, has granted us freedom to worship God according to the dictates of our
1: own conscience. now I, your magistrate, do proclaim that all ye pilgrims, with your wives, ye little ones, do gather at ye meeting-house on ye hill between the hours of nine and twelve in the day. On Thursday, November 29th of the year of our Lord, 1623, and the third year since the pilgrims landed on ye Plymouth Rock, there to listen to ye, Pastor, and render thanksgiving to ye Almighty God for all his blessings. William Bradford. 1623. Now that's three years after they landed. That's two years after the original Thanksgiving feast. This is the government of these pilgrims proclaiming that you must set aside a day to stop, go to the meeting house. This is a Thursday now. I'm not telling you to go to the meeting house on Sunday. I'm telling you to go to the meeting house on Thursday for three hours. Now, folks, listen, for most of us, going to church for 45 minutes is a stretch, (laughs) right? I mean, let's admit it. Come on, come on. I mean, where are we? Our attention span is so short, we can't even manage 45 minutes to stop and thank and praise God, for goodness sakes. (sighs) (laughs) Excuse me, here he says, go there from 9 to 12 and listen. So you're, you're listening to your pastor speak to you about gratitude to God. You need, and here's what he's saying, we need to stop and we need to focus on God Almighty for the blessings that he's been able to give us. Just three hours, just, but do it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, and, and so when you see the sense of thanksgiving in, the, um, in, in American history... Long before American history even really had its beginning, here you have the pilgrims. And when we think of the pilgrims and Thanksgiving, and we think of uh, Turkey and the Indians and all of that, we say, what is it about? And the answer is simple. It was about thanking God. That's what this is all about. For Jonathan and Rick and Christian Questions, uh, we'll be back in the second hour. But till then, is your life a thankful life? We'll be back soon. Think about it.
0: This is Christian Questions.
1: John Henry Jowett once said, Life without thankfulness is devoid of love and passion. Hope without thankfulness is lacking in fine perception. Faith without thankfulness lacks strength and fortitude. Every virtue divorced from thankfulness is maimed and limps along the spiritual road. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Christian Questions Talk Radio with your breakfast with Jonathan and Rick. This isn't your typical Christian commentary. We love talking with our audience, and we promise to never talk at you like so many talk shows do today. This is a conversation about biblical topics as we look at them from a different perspective. And Jonathan, what is that topic for today? Well, Rick, our
2: question is, is your life a thankful life? And our theme text is found in Psalms 118, Verse 24, this is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it.
1: And we are focusing on thankfulness because Thursday was Thanksgiving. That's right. And we want to not only take a day and celebrate thankfulness, but we want to learn to live a life of gratitude. And, Jonathan, we, we talked about in the first hour several things. We looked at some of the science of, of gratitude.
2: That's right, how the brain works. And
1: how we have to, essentially, re, we rewire our brains to accept and focus on gratitude. It doesn't happen naturally. You're right. So we've got to focus on gratitude. We, we've spent a lot of time looking at some history, the history of Thanksgiving, from way back before the pilgrims came uh, to uh, this country, how they were separatists, Mm -hmm. They were persecuted for their desire to worship God the way they thought they should worship God.
2: From the Church of England.
1: Right. And uh, so they ran away from the Church of England, and then they came to this country looking for religious freedom. And when they got here, they started out with 102 people on the Mayflower in terms of passengers.
2: Only 53 survived the the first winter.
1: And so that, that Thanksgiving, that first Thanksgiving celebration was to thank God even in spite of great difficulty and great uh, tragedy. Yes. Three years after they arrived, William Bradford, their governor, issued a proclamation saying on Thursday, November 29th, go to the meeting house and listen to the preacher for three hours. That's
2: right. Give God thanks.
1: Right. So that's what it was about. It was about, and make no mistake, it was about thanking God. Originally, that's what it was about. They sought religious freedom to be able to worship God freely. And they feel they were blessed to that end and you know what they were thankful for the indians that helped them of course they were but that was the secondary meaning yes the f- primary meaning always was thank god First. Folks, we're talking about Thanksgiving and the things that you might be thankful for. We'd love to hear from you at 866-985-4255. Uh, what's the number? 4255. 866-985-4255. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now.
2: And our website is
1: ChristianQuestions.com. Let's go to Psalm 100, verses 1 to 5, and you told me during the break, this is your favorite psalm. It is indeed. Then read it with gusto, brother. Make
2: a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us, and not we ourselves. <laughs>
1: That's a point we've got to remember.
2: <laughs> we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures. All generations.
1: So it gives you a sense of, hey, shout it out, let God know, and let those around you know you're thankful to and for God. Uh, Jonathan, let's just go back to a little bit of the the humorous part of the approach here to Thanksgiving. Um, we're going to go back to the skit guys. Going to uh, part of their skit on your Thanksgiving inventory. Now one of them is trying to focus the other on being thankful for the good things, and the other is just you know focused on whoopie pies and monkey bars. And <laughs> weird. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just he's just not getting the point.
3: Take the inventory, and I think you will realize how much God has given you, and that'll make you so thankful.
4: You're right. I I, I am a blessed man. I have so many golden nuggets. I am blessed. There you go. here you go. I'm gonna go right now. He's gonna go take the inventory. What? No, 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 no. Chicken nuggets.
7: I love chicken nuggets. I, I'm thankful for them.
3: Thank you, chicken nugget people. I'm out of here.
2: so he's golden <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, but that so typifies where we are we're, we, we love our stuff and so okay when we're supposed to be thankful we should be thankful for our stuff yeah that's nice but that's not the point true gratitude and true thankfulness is th- being thankful to God above who is higher than us who made us just like in Psalm 100 that you just read it gives us a sense of being small and being thankful for the smallness of our humanity and the greatness of God puts us in an attitude of gratitude that can carry us through life in a way that is not possible without it. Again, folks, if you have a thought, it's eight six six nine eight five four two five five. Jonathan, let's go to the first Thanksgiving proclamation made by the Continental Congress. Now, this is jumping ahead in time. This is when the United States, this is after 1776. This is actually the year 1777. This is before you even have a president. You have the Continental Congress, and this is what they proclaimed for the newly found country of the United States of America, November 1st, 1777. For as much
2: as it is the indispensable duty of all men to adore the superintending providence of Almighty God, to acknowledge with gratitude their obligation to Him for benefits received, to implore such farther blessings as they stand in need of, And it has pleased him in his abundant mercy, not only to continue to us this innumerable bounties of his common providence, but also to smile upon us in the prosecutions of just and necessary war for the defense and the establishment of our unalienable rights and liberties, particularly in that he hath been pleased in so great a measure to prosper the means supported, used for the support of our troops, and to crown Our arms with most signal success.
1: So, so far, Jonathan, it's all about thanking God. I mean, we're talking about a paragraph here. We're not talking about a line. Right. We're talking about a paragraph. We skip down a little bit. It is therefore recommended to the legislative uh, or executive powers of these United States to set apart Thursday, the 18th day of December next, for solemn thanksgiving and praise. That at one time and with one voice, the good people may express the grateful feelings of their hearts and consecrate themselves to the service of their divine benefactor. Wow. That's what the Continental Congress said was Thanksgiving, was the reason for Thanksgiving. And let's finish that up.
2: And that together with their sincere acknowledgments and offerings, they may join the penitent confession of their manifold sins whereby they have forfeited every favor and their humble and earnest supplication that it may please God through the merits of Jesus Christ mercifully to forgive and blot them out of remembrance
1: so it was not only a day for thanksgiving but a day for for the acknowledgement of sins repentance <laughs> And folks, like it or not, the United States government, the United States government that was built on the, on, the, on, the factor, on the basis of a separation of church and state.
2: Right. This has nothing to do with tying religion into... Because
1: there is no church that is governing the state. Yes, that's it's right. It's simply people individually believing in God and collectively the merits of Jesus Christ is mentioned here. And the last paragraph states, and it's further recommended that servile labor such as recreation as though other times innocent may be unbecoming... The purpose of this appointment be omitted on so solemn an occasion. So Thanksgiving then, Jonathan, wasn't about football. No, there shouldn't have been any games played. No. It should be recognizing God. It was a day for thankfulness and making sure that we were repentant of our sins. That's what the Continental Congress of the United States proclaimed to the nation in 1777. That's history. You can read it yourself. It's simple. That's what Thanksgiving, and that was in line with the original Thanksgiving of 1621. It really was. So, folks, that is the historical reason for Thanksgiving. And let's not, get, let, let's not put hysterical reasons for Thanksgiving in so we can get what we want and be thankful for what we want. Let's look at the historical reasons and say, here, this is what it's really all about. If you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255, toll free, 866 985 all We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. Out of the
2: dark ages and into the light of today, join us 24-7 at ChristianQuestions.com. Let's
1: go back to Johnny Cash. Remember in the first hour he was telling a story? I thank you. It was a, a poor farmer whose crops had not come in well. But he's praying before his Thanksgiving meal and just being thankful for the little that he has, and he's just honoring God.
5: Thank you for the muscle. I can stand the ache. Just let me have your blessing on all I undertake. And I thank you for this country, too. We've troubles now and pain, but with your help, Lord, we'll get back to where the road is smooth again thanks for all the love we've got and the strength to work my land but there's nothing Lord that I can't do if you lend a helping hand thank you for my good wife Lord and the children that I've got they love me for the things that I am and they forget the things I'm not and if somebody's down and out Lord and they're praying you would heed just send them over to see me Lord I got more than I need
1: I love that because it just gives you the sense of this humble farmer being so thankful and he has pretty much nothing yep a few beans (laughs) but he says to God but if somebody else is, is in a bad way send them here I've got more than I need in other words I am so thankful I will share the little that I have because you Lord are blessing me. And it's not because I have the big mansion and I have riches. It's because I have you, God Almighty. That, folks, is Thanksgiving. That's what it's about. Make no mistake. If you have a thought, it's eight six six nine eight five four two five five toll free eight six six nine eight five four all. We're live Sunday mornings from seven to nine. That means we're on right now, and we're talking about being thankful and what it is you might be thankful for. And stay connected to Rick and I at
2: christianquestions.com, no matter the day or time.
1: Jonathan, let's get into some more scripture on thanksgiving. True thanksgiving is a result of action on our part in doing those things that we are obligated to do. Psalm 116, 12-19. Uh, to 19. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? Okay, what am I going to do because he's been, been so blessed to me?
2: I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, truly I am thy servant. I am thy servant and the son of thine handmaiden. Thou hast loosed my bonds.
1: So this gives substance to our sacrifices of thanksgiving because I'm willing to pay what I owe to God. Let's continue, verse 17.
2: I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving, and I will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of thee, O Jerusalem, Praise ye the Lord.
1: So our substance, uh, when we do, when we pay to the Lord, it gives us the opportunity uh, to be thankful to him. Because we owe him. We owe, Jonathan, we owe him our very breath. You're right. So why not put that breath where it belongs, in the hands of God in thankfulness. Psalm 92, 1-4. to
2: It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning, And your faithfulness by night, with a ten-string loon and with a harp, with resounding music upon the lair. For you, O Lord, have made me glad. By what you have done I will sing for joy At the works of your hands
1: So here it is It's good to give thanks And to sing praises Gratitude can be day and night Creatively expre- expressed Through instruments It should be sung out loud It should be spoken It should be meditated upon Folks, if we, if we have to rewire our minds To live a life of gratitude
2: This is Christian Questions I'm Jonathan here with Rick Our subject this morning Is your life a thankful life? Coming up, Abraham Lincoln's proclamation. In the midst of turmoil, how was his attitude? That's next.
0: You're listening to Christian Questions.
2: Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, Is Your Life a Thankful Life? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866 985 for We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now on our website,
1: ChristianQuestions.com. And Jonathan, as we talk about Thanksgiving and living a thankful life, it's such an important thing to realize that gratitude doesn't necessarily come naturally, and we have to wire it into our heads.
2: We have to work at it.
1: And it's also important to realize that the concept of Thanksgiving, the holiday, was built on thanking God.
2: Right, for his providential overruling.
1: First and foremost, that was the absolute, positively most important thing, and it's a travesty as that, as we recount history, uh, in in our schools, for instance, we don't mention that. No, we don't. Because we're rewriting re- rewriting history. <laughs> That's what I'm trying yes, to say. I yes, do that. Well, we writing history, wabbit. <laughs> <laughs> and and we're we're missing the point, and it's just. It's just too bad because we're missing the foundation of what made America really a great country. That's right. It was putting God first. So let's go to a soundbite from StudiesWeekly.com because this helps us to get how did Thanksgiving become an, a, a, an actual national holiday year after year? Because all of the things we've talked about up to this point were ne- were, were somewhat sporadic. Yes. They it were. was it wasn't official, but this kind of helps to reveal what happened to make it a national holiday.
6: Thanksgiving, as we know it today was made possible largely by the efforts of a 19th-century writer named Sarah Josepha Hale. She was America's first female magazine editor and author of the famous nursery rhyme, Mary Had a Little Lamb. During the Civil War, Hale was convinced that a national Thanksgiving Day would awaken in American hearts the love of home and country, of thankfulness to God and peace between brethren. She wrote letters to governors and even to President Abraham Lincoln. A few days after receiving her letter, on October 3, 1863, President Lincoln issued a proclamation declaring the last Thursday of November to be Thanksgiving Day.
1: So you have a, a very strong sense, Jonathan, that uh, okay, you have this woman who's, who's, who's writing letters to presidents, saying, hey, we should do this, we should do this, we should do this. What a great idea. It was a great idea, and Abraham Lincoln was the one who took up that idea and said, you know what, this is important for this country. So what we want to do, Jonathan, is go through the uh, Thanksgiving proclamation written by Abraham Lincoln. We're not going to read the whole thing. It is lengthy, but we're going to read it in pieces. Again, we're going to skip some parts. But it gives you a sense of what... Thanksgiving was meant to be as a national holiday repetitively up until this very day. This is the writing of Abraham Lincoln, 1863. The year
2: that is drawing toward its close has been filled with the blessings of fruitful fields and healthful skies. To these bounties, which are so constantly enjoyed that we are prone to forget the source from which they come. Others have been added which are of So extraordinary a nature that they cannot fail to penetrate and soften even the heart which is habitually insensible to an ever-watchful providence of Almighty God.
1: So it starts out saying that, you know what, it's easy to forget that God is the source of all of our blessing. He continues, in the midst of a civil war of unequaled magnitude and severity, which has sometimes seemed to foreign states to invite and provoke their aggression, peace has been preserved with all nations, order has been maintained. Goes on. The axe has enlarged the borders of our settlements and the mines as well of iron and coal and of precious metals have yielded even more abundantly than heretofore. Population has steadily increased, notwithstanding the waste that has been made in the camp, meaning war, the siege, the battlefield, and the country. Rejoicing in consciousness of augmented strength and vigor is permitted to expect continuance of years with large increase of freedom. No human counsel hath devised, nor any mortal hand worked out these great things. They are the gracious gift of the Most High God, who, while dealing with us in anger for our sins, has nevertheless remembered mercy. So, Jonathan, he's putting wow. the war and the and the de- degradation of war in the context of, look, we've sinned, but God is still merciful. So this Thanksgiving proclamation is focusing on the mercy and the abundance of from God Almighty what a humble attitude it's Abraham amazing Lincoln attitude had. let's
2: continue it has seemed to me fit and proper that they should be solemnly and reverently and gratefully acknowledged as with one heart and with one voice by the whole American people I do not therefore invite my fellow citizens therefore. Oh, thank you I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our Beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens.
1: So he's saying, this is a day that I'm inviting all of America, no matter where you are, to just set this day aside for what? Thanksgiving to God. That's what, that's what it's about. That's it. And he, and he continues. And I recommend to them, while offering up the aspirations justly due him, God, for such singular deliverances and blessings they do also with humble penitence for our national perverseness and disobedience, commend to his tender care all those who have become widows, orphans, mourners, or sufferers in the lamentable civil strife in which we are unavoidably engaged and fervently employ the interposition of the almighty hand to heal the wounds of the nation and to restore it if as soon as may be consistent with the divine purpose, to the full enjoyment of peace, harmony, tranquility, and union. That's what Abraham Lincoln wrote. Wow. And that gives you a sense. He wrote it on October 3rd, 1863, and proclaimed, this is what Thanksgiving ought to be. This is how we're going to revive the Thanksgiving tradition, because it was built upon thanking God. We are going to continue to thank God. Even those of us who seem to forget God, Let's turn our minds toward God. And make it a year after year uh, recognition. And every year since, there has been a, a a presidential proclamation ever since 1863 to put Thanksgiving in order. So it gives us a sense, Jonathan, historically, that when you had Thanksgiving beginning in 1621, it was about thanking God. Yes. We know that because they said so. And because the pilgrims came to this country so they could honor and worship God the way they thought he should be honored and worshipped. So we see a sense of godliness at the very beginning. In 1623, William Bradford, the governor of Plymouth Plantation, said, okay, this Thursday, not Sunday, Thursday, go and give thanks to God all morning long. Three hours, yep. Okay. Then in 1777, the Continental Congress of the United States said, we need to set it aside a day to thank God. In 1863, Abraham Lincoln we must thank God. That's what Thanksgiving is. You cannot deny the history of the holiday. We can ignore it.
2: Which uh, often happens, Which Rick. we're
1: pretty good
7: at.
2: Yeah.
1: But we can't deny it.
2: Well, Rick, let's go to the phones. We have Randall from Connecticut. Good morning, Randall, and welcome to Christian Questions.
7: Good Thanksgiving and happy Sunday, guys. Thank you, you too. We have Philippians 4.6. Do not worry about anything, but in everything... By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Just before Paul tells us not to worry in the scripture, he instructs two church members in conflict to be of one mind in the Lord. This teaches us two things about thanksgiving. Psalm 69, 30, 31. I will praise the name of God with a song. This will please him more than an ox. First, never ask God for anything without thanking Him for what we already have first. Second, be thankful for other people, especially the ones who annoy us. (laughs) They are the ones that give us the opportunity to be patient in Christ. And what bothers us most about them may be something we need to fix in us. This true Christian thankfulness opens us to more blessings. 2 Corinthians 4.15 Grace, as it extends to more and more people, may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God.
1: Randall, thanks so much. We appreciate it.
7: God bless you, guys.
1: Take care. You too. Some great thoughts there. Really great thoughts. Always thank God first before you ask Him for something. And, and, and really, it comes down to, Jonathan, it comes down, it always comes down to perspective. Gratitude is simply a choice of perspective. That's what it is. It is a choice to say, I choose to look through the eyes of gratitude at whatever my experiences are. And when you can do that, You see your experiences differently. You sure do. You see them in a light instead of in a darkness. You see them with a potential instead of a dead end. That's what gratitude does. And when we put that gratitude to God for those experiences, it it makes them even more uh, strong and more valuable. And the gratitude creates value in the difficult experiences. That's part of what Randall was saying. So again, Randall, thanks so much for the call. And that
2: reminds me of the song, uh, Laura's Story, that we listen to.
1: Yeah, as a matter of fact, let's go to another verse of that uh, song by Laura Story, Blessings. And remember, it's asking the question, what if the trials of your life are the way God is finding you so you can thank him? What if that's the way it is? And folks, again, if you have a thought, it's 866 985-4255. Nine eight five, four, two, five, five. Let's go to Laura, story, second verse.
6: We pray for wisdom, your voice to hear. And we cry in anger when we cannot feel you near. We doubt your goodness, we doubt your love. As if every promise from your word is not enough
1: That's unbelievable. I mean... That's an amazing song. What if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know you're near? And when you think about that, Jonathan, sometimes that is what it takes. Sometimes we need to be brought right down to the bottom so we can finally begin to look up. Amen. And that's where gratitude comes in. And folks, gratitude is a life-changing choice. No matter where you are, no matter what your circumstances, you can choose to live with gratitude and that's what the holiday of thanksgiving is supposed to be about it's supposed to be about choosing to live with gratitude to god psalm 116 12 to 19 what
2: shall i render unto the lord for all his benefits toward me i will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the lord i will pay my vows unto the lord now in the presence of all his people
1: so what shall i render unto the lord for all his benefits to me i mean what do we have to give for all of his benefits toward us. What can we give that could possibly be enough? Nothing. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, in, so instead of being able to give something that is, is, is going to be of compensating value, all we can give him is our heart. That's it. And what the, the, the great thing about gratitude is when we give the Lord our heart, that's all he really wants. That is all he really wants. And when we give him our heart, then we can live in gratitude and die in gratitude.
2: Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O oh Lord, truly, I am thy servant. I am thy servant and the son of thine handmaid. Thou hast loosed my bonds.
1: And again, living and dying in the sight of God is part of the plan for now. And that's why he says precious in the I love this verse. It, it, it sounds morbid in some ways. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Why? Because they lived in humble gratitude and service. And the reward follows. And that's why, when you see things through the eyes of gratitude toward God, the 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 lines between life and death are, don't even matter as much. They don't, because there's something bigger that we have to 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 to
2: live for. I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving. I will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. In the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of thee, O Jerusalem, praise ye the Lord. And
1: that sounds like a great verse for the holiday of thanksgiving. I will offer thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving. will call upon the name of the Lord and pay my vows in the presence of all his people. That's what America was doing Back in the early days. It is. Back when we knew what Thanksgiving was about, and back when we were brave enough to talk about what Thanksgiving was all about, and back when we tried to live what Thanksgiving was all about, which was thanking God. We owe oh God, we ought to be willing to live our thankfulness outwardly and consistently um, through our every day. Thanking God is what the holiday Is all about.
2: This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning is Your Life a Thankful Life. Coming up, the newest proclamation from our current president. Is it similar or different from the Founding Fathers? That's next.
0: You're listening to Christian Questions.
2: Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, Is Your Life a Thankful Life? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866 985 for We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And our website,
1: ChristianQuestions.com. And Jonathan, as we go through the, an exercise in thankfulness, we are looking at American history, we're looking at uh, biblical history, and understanding that God is the centerpiece of our gratitude. In American history, God is the centerpiece of our gratitude. He is. And obviously in biblical history, God is the centerpiece of our gratitude. But Rick, it's been forgotten and in it, American history. It has history been forgotten, and gratitude today. is hard anyway. We need to rewire our brains. As a matter of fact, we've been listening to Dick Rauscher from DickRoscher.com about the effort it takes to rewire your brain for thankfulness. Let's go back to another soundbite from DickRoscher.com on the rewiring of your brain and how important it is to get gratitude in the forefront.
4: The spiritual practice of intentional gratitude allows us to move beyond the agitation of our incessantly thinking mind, our mind that's always thinking about something, always feeling something, one emotion right after the other. As soon as we begin to practice gratitude, we begin to see more deeply into the amazing reality of the world around us. It opens our heart and it allows us to embrace the awe and the joy, the the amazement of simply being alive, at those moments of intentional gratitude, as they increase and slowly rewire our brain for happiness, it will
1: change
4: what you see in your world.
1: That's powerful. It's powerful. Intentional gratitude gets us beyond the incessant activity of our minds that's always thinking about this and that and the other thing.
2: And the emotions that get involved with it.
1: Yep. What gratitude does, Jonathan, is once we wire our brains toward gratitude, it slows us down to see what's really, really important. And it changes your outlook. And it, it lifts you up. So you stop and smell the roses. You do. And you <laughs> say, wow, they smell good. And they look pretty, too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, all that, all that in mind, Jonathan. Let, let's go to now, we, we've gone through some uh, presidential proclamation from Abraham Lincoln, the Continental Congress back in 1777, and all of the elements of thankfulness and thanksgiving back in the 1600s. Let's go now to our present-day president and the present, the most recent presidential proclamation by, the, by Barack Obama, our current president, uh, for Thanksgiving this year, 2013. We're going to read just parts.
2: Thanksgiving offers each of us the chance to count our many blessings, the freedoms we enjoy, the time we spend with loved ones, the brave men and women who defend our nation at home and abroad. This tradition reminds us that no matter what our background or beliefs No matter who we are or who we love, at our core, we are first and foremost Americans. Our annual celebration has roots in the centuries-old colonial customs. When we gather around the table, we follow the example of the pilgrims and the Wampanoags who shared the fruits of successful harvest nearly 400 years ago. When we offered our thanks, we mirrored those who set us a day of prayer.
1: All right. So it's interesting that uh, you know you start out with all of the things that we would normally think of today, and uh, it talks about just mirroring the centuries-old custom. Yes. Of a day of prayer. That's a little different. It it, it, it it's a lot different. Well, you know, I, I don't want to be harsh, but it's a lot different than the things that we've read and, and the and the focus that we've had. He continues. Uh, and when we join with friends and neighbors to alleviate suffering and make our communities whole, we honor the spirit of President Abraham Lincoln, who called on his fellow citizens to fervently implore the interposition of the Almighty Hand to heal the wounds of the nation and to restore it as soon as may be consistent with the divine purposes, to fully enjoyment to the full enjoyment of peace, harmony, tranquility, and union. A- and again, Jonathan, the the reference to godliness is through the quoting of somebody else, but not from him. No, no, it's not. And and am I being critical? Maybe I am, because I'm very sensitive to the idea of what Thanksgiving was originally for. I'm sensitive to it because, for some reason, it's not allowed to be spoken in schools. The true history... You know what? We can talk about the true history of slavery in schools, and we can be very blunt with the kids and say, this is, this is what was wrong. Well, why don't we be blunt with our history and say, this is what was right Good point, And this Rick. is how they did it. And this is why Thanksgiving happened. It wasn't so we could thank the Indians. It was so we could thank God along with the Indians. Sure. But it was thanking God. Let's finish this up. Again, we're just reading parts here.
2: This Thanksgiving Day, let us forge deeper connections with our loved ones. Let us extend our gratitude and our compassion. And let us lift each other up and recognize, in the oldest spirit of this tradition that we rise or fall as one nation under God.
1: Okay, so you do have a, a, a mention of God there uh, in terms of uh, you know, the, the Pledge of Allegiance, one nation under God. So that was uh, excerpts from the present-day President, the Thanksgiving Proclamation. Jonathan, let's quickly go to the phones. All right, we have Keith from Tennessee. Good morning, Keith, and
2: welcome to Christian Questions. Oh,
8: good morning. Uh, early in the program, you quoted John Quincy Adams, the sixth president of the United States. And, um, uh, by the way, uh, John uh Fitzgerald Kennedy, uh, who was president and author of Profiles and Courage, devoted a whole chapter to, uh, John Quincy Adams in his book, Profiles and Courage. My, my dad, incidentally, knew John Kennedy, but I won't get into that. But, uh, anyway, I wanted to quote, um, John's father and several other presidents. In fact, the first seven made, um, first seven presidents made, um, uh, statements extolling Christianity and basically saying it was the foundation of America. But John Adams stated that, quote, uh, the mission of America is to Christianize the world, end quote. And James Madison, the fourth president, uh, Adams was the second president, uh, James Madison, the fourth president, about whom I wrote a book, which I'll mail you if you want it, uh, stated, quote, we have staked the whole future of American civilization, not upon the power of government, far from it. We have staked the future upon the capacity of each and all of us to govern ourselves, to the Ten Commandments of God, end quote. And before I leave, let me at least say, uh, thanks to Jesus' death is dying when death dies, time will be no more. And I won't get into Revelation nine, eighteen, ten, ten, 10, 10, and 18.4, you know, in Bible codes. But anyway, I could go on and on with these quotes, um, you know. Um, but
1: your point is well made, Keith. Your point is well made. Hello? Yes, Keith, oh, I said.
8: Okay, I can barely hear you. But anyway, I'll send you my book. Um, and, um, uh, you know, if you want any more information about the presence uh you know, I um, have written several books about him and so on.
1: So all right, Keith, thanks so much. We appreciate it.
8: God bless. Take, take care. Take care.
1: And, you know, and Keith's point is, is a point well made. You know, the, 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 the founding fathers of this country had a godliness about them, and there was a Christianity involved in all of this. And, folks, look, that's history. Okay, let's look at it for what it is. If you don't like it, it's okay. It's history. We don't like slavery, but we acknowledge it as history. Right. So let's look at the Christianity. Let's look at the godliness. Let's look at the attempt to put God first and say, wow, that's what was important to those people, and that's how they survived, and that's the truth. They survived because they had this God-fearing, god reverencing approach to their lives.
2: They had the attitude of gratitude.
1: And it drove them and it drove them to fight through all of those difficulties and that's something we should look back upon and be thankful for that's all we're saying here so Keith thanks for the call so much uh, Jonathan let's go to the uh, last verse of the song by Laura's story Blessings and again it's asking the question what if your trials are the way we can find God and be thankful
6: what if your blessings come through raindrops what if you're here Comes to tears. And what if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know your need What if my greatest disappointments are the aching of that light is the revealing of a greater thirst this world can't satisfy? And what if trials of this and like? The rain, the storms, the hardest nights. All your mercies in disguise.
1: So, Jonathan, it's a real simple thing. What if the greatest disappointments in our life reveal a greater thirst that's beyond what this life can offer? That gives us cause for gratitude, and it does the point is we can find gratitude even in the most difficult and the harshest experiences of our life. That is a wonderful thought. What a great, great song, a Laura's story. Blessings, Jonathan. We have just a couple of minutes here. We're not going to be able to read through all these scriptures, but we have three points on making thankfulness uh, more, more real, more relevant in our lives. And again, remember, you have to rewire your mind for gratitude. That's right. It's not naturally wired that way. Let's rewire it. The first point is to be aware of your surroundings and choose the environment that you want your mind to flourish in. There's lots of environments your mind can pick. Exactly. The default things that your mind picks are not good. <laughs> so we have to choose the environment. And just read that one small section from Psalm 1, 1 to 3. In his law, he meditates day and night. And that's the key. When you meditate on God and God's laws, you are rewiring your mind toward goodness and not toward the default darkness of the world around us. The second point, Jonathan, is real simple. Make a conscious effort to focus on thanksgiving at a time uh, when it can be a high priority. Psalm 43, uh, 3-3.
2: But know that the Lord has set apart the godly man from himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. Tremble and do not sin. Meditate in your heart upon your bed and be still. Selah. Offer the sacrifice of righteousness and trust in the Lord. Many are saying, who will show us any good? Lift up the light of your countenance upon us, O Lord. You have put gladness in our heart, more than when their grain and new wine abound. In peace I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me
1: to dwell in safety. And this is interesting because it says, it says, many are saying in verse 6, who will show us any good? You know, It's saying, you know, the world is in, is in a crappy place right now. Where can we find good? And that's the signal toward gratitude. That's the signal to say, okay, what do I do? Well, the verse says, offer the sacrifices of righteousness and trust in the Lord. More than
2: the grain and the wine that's around you.
1: Because God wants your heart. So if you have nothing tangible to offer to God. First and foremost, God. Right. And first and foremost, give him from your heart. So when everybody around us says, and they do, oh, where's, the, where's God in this world? Look at how bad it is. That's the signal to trigger the gratitude of our hearts. Because what if... What if the difficulties, just like in the song, are the, are the keys to us being truly, truly thankful to God in a bigger way than we ever thought possible? So, first, you have to be aware of our surroundings and choose the environment we want our mind to flourish in. Second, we have to now make the conscious effort to focus on Thanksgiving. And the third point simply is live firmly in the present, not with one foot in the past or one foot in the future but firmly in the present. And Jonathan, and this is a, uh, probably a worn-out saying, but uh, the, the present is a gift, and that's why they call it the present. I like it. <laughs> you know, but the point is this. Gratitude can only come when we live in the present because we have the past that has brought us here. We have the future which we don't know. So gratitude flourishes in the present. And we won't read the scriptures, but in, in um, Exodus 16, Verses one to three, uh, Israel had been delivered from from bondage.
2: That's right, by miraculous miracles. Uh, right, <laughs> it was amazing.
1: Yeah, they they were delivered. They were and they had been in bondage. They had been under hard slavery. I think for 142 years or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. And so they're delivered, and now they're in a in a difficult spot. After being delivered, they're in the wilderness, and they're grumbling, and they're grumbling. See, and they're thinking back with fondness... Of slavery. Right. Because <laughs> they're thinking back to the fact that, well, you know, we, at least we had food to eat there. But you were slaves. You had no freedom. And sometimes when we get into a difficult situation, we forget to live in the presence. And the, the, the thing is this, Jonathan. How small did they think God was? I mean, think about it. Do they think it would miraculously deliver them only to let them starve to death in the wilderness? That's crazy. Well, it's crazy, but it's a, it's a template for how our mind normally thinks. It warns us that because they were liable to thinking that way, we can be liable to thinking that way, too. It's interesting how their selective memory only focused on one thing. Food. Right? <laughs> it did. It did. And, and that, because that's the only focus, they forgot about the blessing of being out from under the, the, the harsh hand of slavery and being in the hand of God and freedom. And our final scripture, Jonathan, Psalm 136.1. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. And folks, that's what Thanksgiving is about. The national holiday is all about thanking God. It's all about putting God first. It's all about making sure that we, from the heart, stop, look, and listen, and thank God our Heavenly Father, for what He has done for us. And let's give Him our heart, not only on Thanksgiving, but every day. For Jonathan and Rick and Christian Questions, we hope you've enjoyed being with us today. We certainly have enjoyed being with you. We'll be back again next week with yet another subject. But till then, till next week, is your life a thankful life? We'd love to hear from you on Facebook, by email, however you want. Till then, is your life a thankful life? Think about it.